This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. The X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And welcome back, everyone. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. www.exxonradiotv.com is our website. And for the Exxon Broadcast Network website, where you can listen to everything from within the world of the paranormal to the science of parapsychology, 247-365-xzbn.net. My first guest tonight, Exxonation, is Jason Mankey. And uh, we're going to be talking about Jason's new book. It's entitled The Witch's Book of Shadows. The Craft, Lore, and Magic of the Witch's Grimoire. Now, discovering the fascinating history, tradition, and modern uses of the Book of Shadows, this is a fun and easy-to-use easy guide that provides valuable information on finding and consecrating a Book of Shadows, as well as how to make it part of your practice. Learn about the various types of Books of Shadows, their roles throughout history, and how they differ from regular spell books. Explore a variety of ideas of what you want to include in your very own book of shadows, including magical alphabets and inks. My guest this hour is the author of The Witch's Book of Shadows, Jason Mankey, and he is a pagan blogger, a columnist for Witches and Pagans, and the managing editor of the Pagan Porthole on Pathos. He's journeyed across North America to uh, pagan and magic festivals where he talks about rock and roll pagan deities, and pagan history. Joining me now from the beautiful Bay Area of California is Jason Mankey. And Jason, welcome to the Exxon, my friend. Thank you for having me on the show. I'm not sure I'll be able to live up to all of that hype at the beginning there. Hey, listen. It makes my book sound so much better than it is. I doubt that. I really doubt that because you and I chatted before we went on air, and I think you're a real cool guy. Uh, first of all, how did you get interested in witchcraft and paganism and rock and roll? Well, you know, the, the pagan thing, in a lot of ways, came from being interested in the paranormal at a really young age. I was the kid who was always interested in Bigfoot, UFOs, uh-huh. Loch Ness Monster, all of that kind of thing. And right next to those books on the Dewey Decimal System are books about witchcraft. Ooh. So I read my first one in seventh grade, kind of dropped it for a while. It was actually a very committed Methodist Christian yeah. in my early years, president of my church youth group. And then it's something I sort of rediscovered in college when I turned 21, and it just sort of made sense to me the way that witches especially look at holidays and living in harmony with the earth. Yeah. It just seemed to be the right fit for me. Well, that explains why you read those kind of books, and I read Playboy and Hustler, I guess. <laughs> well, I read those, too. <laughs> uh, listen, let, uh, we've got about two minutes before I have to go for my first break. Is witchcraft real? I think it's real. It works for me. I mean, I'm sure it's a matter of opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, well, right you know, now, witchcraft well, is, well, right now, your opinion is the only one that matters. Well, witchcraft is such a hard word to define because it means so many different things, depending mm-hmm. on who you ask. Right. It all, you know, it means, sometimes it just means bad magic users. Sometimes 
people think that it means some sort of psychosis or mm-hmm. false belief. Witchcraft can mean a little bit of everything. But I know for me and my wife and the people that we practice with, we feel like we get really good results from it, and it connects us to the earth, it connects us to certain deities, and it connects us to each other. So, so sure. certainly it works for us. I've got to tell you something. Over the years doing this show, I've seen, um, I, I've shared this with a number of people whether it's doing the show, doing our TV show, or even going out and doing speaking engagements like you do, where people will ask me about witches, and I'll say, you know what, they're the nicest people in the world. People don't realize that Greenpeace and other uh, down-to-earth organizations were founded by people who were either Wiccans or witches. Like you guys, sure. you guys really respect the earth, Mother Nature, and... Uh, the rest of the people out there can learn a lot when it comes to about treating Earth, Mother Earth, as as witches and Wiccans do. I think that most of us live up to what we preach mm-hmm. and that we do treat the Earth pretty well. And, you know, the Earth is our mother. We must take yep. care of her is a very popular chant. And, you know, it's infused within the spirituality of the tradition. Jason, stand by. You and I have to take our first commercial break. Exxon Nation, Jason Mankey is our special guest. And here's his website, www.pathos.com forward slash blogs forward slash panmankey, which is P-A-N-M-A-N-K-E-Y. And Jason and I will be back on the other side of this commercial break as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, on the Exxon Broadcast Network, Radio X across Europe and around the world on the Talkstar Radio Network. Don't go away. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember, 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. I am Dr. Carl O'Helvey, founder, president of a new cancer foundation focusing on evidence-based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. Hello, I'm Pete Marsh. With my daughter Justina, we will be presenting the new radio show, Too Good to Be True. If something seems too good to be true, it usually is. But with the help of Justina's amazing gifts, we're going to gain insight into questions that don't yet have complete answers. Have you wondered who built Stonehenge and for what reason? 
Wire crop circles found in the same region as Stonehenge and elsewhere. Are crop circles a hoax or are they created with technologies that we have little knowledge of? Who built the pyramids in Egypt and also in other countries? How and why were they built? Was the Titanic switched with the Britannic as part of a gigantic insurance fraud or for more insidious reasons? What caused the Tunguska event when trees were flattened over an 800 square mile area in Siberia? Will the new insights be too good to be true? Well, that will depend on what you are prepared to believe. Please join us as we start on this journey together. For more information on Too Good To Be True, visit www.xzbn.net. Little children aren't the only ones afraid of the dark. Millions of soldiers return from war zones with PTSD, anger, frustration, fear, and loneliness, much of which surfaces during the darkness of the night. You have the chance to change the lives of these American heroes. Songs and Stories for Soldiers.us provides free MP3 players for these men and women. With a list of 3 million songs in 16 different styles, 100,000 audiobooks, and 30,000 old-time radio programs, every veteran can find something to soothe and comfort them at no cost. All our players contain an 8-hour audio program designed to help veterans fall asleep. With 1,500-plus vets now participating, it's our goal to deliver 10,000 audio players this year. Go to our website at Songs and Stories for Soldiers. Soldiers.us. Help us help a veteran make it through the night. And welcome back, everyone. Jason Mankey is our special guest this hour. We're talking about Jason's uh, new book. It's published by our good friends at Llewellyn, The Witch's Book of Shadows, The Craft, Lore, and Magic of the Witch's Grimoire. All right, let's, uh, let, let's get back to basics here, Jason. What is the difference between a witch and a Wiccan? Well, that really depends on who you ask. Ah. I'm of the opinion that, you know, if you, with most Wiccans probably also identify as witches, but not all witches are Wiccans, if that makes sense. The first public witch was a man named Gerald Gardner who came forward in the early 1950s and said, I'm a witch. Mm-hmm. I practice witchcraft. I'm a part of a group called the Witch Cult. Today, what he did, most people would call Wicca. And he's looked at as the founder of Wicca. But because witchcraft is such a big word and it has so many different definitions, there are a lot of people who identify as witches who also don't identify as Wiccans. So uh, for me, as a, I'm a Wiccan witch. I, I identify both ways, but that does not mean everyone else does. So are you a private practicing witch or do you belong to a coven? I belong to two covens. Wow. Um, it, yeah. It helps that, you know, I have house, and my wife and I are the ones who lead the coven, but we have two different groups that meet at least once a month. So as a male in the coven, are you regarded as a warlock? No, it's not a, it's not a word that most witches use, hmm. uh, which can be male or female. Okay. Though I do have some friends who self-identify as warlocks who practice witchcraft, so it's not necessarily out of bounds. It's just not particularly common. Are there different types of witches? Are there good witches and there are there bad witches? For example, in the Wizard of Oz, you had two specific type of of witches or 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 fairies or whatever they were. You had Glenda, and then you had the Wicked Witch of the West or the East. Or is no, this strictly really Hollywood? Of, or is this just Hollywood? I think that's I think that's Hollywood. I don't think there are a lot of wicked witches running around today. There are always going to be people mm-hmm. who abuse what we call magic, who use it for personal or selfish ends. But most people who practice witchcraft in an open public way in the in Europe or North America are have the best of intentions and are what we would probably think of as good witches. So is witchcraft a genuinely old practice or a modern one? Because, you know, when, when I think back in, when I was a kid, you know, Hansel and Gretel, you had the witch... That was bad. And then, of course, Halloween, which is... I, I Personally, I think Halloween gives you witches a bad rap. <laughs> but... Yeah. You know, there. it depends, again, on how you define witch and witchcraft. For a lot of people, any use mm-hmm. of magic means witchcraft. And so, in that sense, witchcraft is, of course, very old because people have been using magic for thousands of years mm-hmm. before Christianity 
after Christianity? Was there a religion called witchcraft before the 20th century? I don't think so. I think it was just another tool in the toolkit, and mm-hmm. it wasn't necessarily a specific religion in some way. But when you look at when you look at uh, Christianity, it parallels witchcraft in many ways. For example, a prayer could be looked at as a chant. You know, the the Eucharist could look mm-hmm. as a as a sacrifice. You know, so um, how do you deal with people who decide that just because they are part of a religious philosophy and that uh, they go to church every Sunday and they're hypocrites for the rest of the week. Uh, how, how, do, how do you feel when they say, well, you know, witchcraft, ooh, or you're a Wiccan, oh, go away. You know, they, they make the sign of the cross with their fingers and, and away they go. How do you deal with that? It's heartbreaking. I mean, yeah. I know people who have lost friends and, and family members. My wife's mother barely talks to us because she's a very committed Catholic and the witchcraft thing uh, freaks her out. But for the most part, mm-hmm. it hasn't affected us other than that one particular relationship wow. all that much. To me, it's always heartbreaking when it happens yeah. because most Wiccans and witches that I know are, if not necessarily the most normal people, are very good people, easy to be around. And, you know, they're not doing anything yeah. harmful. You know, there's good people and bad people in everything, but to put a label on a person just because they're associated with another belief structure that the uh, the other person has in my book is all wrong, and especially when it comes to breaking up families. Like, come on. It's so short-sighted, and most people just think that they know what we're doing, yeah. and they don't actually have any idea. I mean, I've read some of the right-wing Christian books on witchcraft, and mm-hmm. you know what? We're just we're just not calling the devil. It's just not there. It's yeah. not part of things. Why don't you just turn your mother-in-law into a frog and get it over with? <laughs> She's close. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's not what I was thinking. When you said, you know, uh, she's a committed Catholic, I felt like saying to you that, well, I know a lot of Catholics that should be committed, but but I didn't. I thought it. I didn't yeah, say it. You know, <laughs> There's always a chance you could be listening. You yeah. know, they do like to keep up on us a little bit, so trying to be nice. Sure. Don't so worry. Might have, might have to go there for Christmas one year. Don't worry, Mom. He was only kidding. He's a good boy. I saw him in church last weekend. We shared a Eucharist together, sang hymns, held right. hands, did kumbaya. Did I get you off the hook? Had some. Yeah, I did some body and blood, you know. <laughs> do you know what I used to think when I was a kid? That when you went to church and drank the body of uh, of Christ at communion, that this was proof that Christians were vampires. You know, it, when I really found out what Catholics were doing mm. with the, we really believe this turns into the flesh of Jesus, I was like, really? That just blows my mind. I mean, it's just cannibalism. That's right. You see, it, it, they don't yeah. they don't see it like that in the Christian side. They do in the Catholic side because they've got more oomph. They've got more money. They've got the Vatican. Mm. They've got the Pope. We just have a couple of archbishops on a cardinal somewhere, I guess. Um, but when you look at the parallel, the parallels are very close. And with all the different religions in the world today, what is so wrong if someone is a Wiccan? Like I said at the beginning of the show, Wiccans have done so much uh, when it comes to working for uh, Greenpeace is a great example, founded by Wiccans. And, uh, you know, and because of the Mother Earth, where did the where did the Wiccans and the witches get the bad raps for flying around on, you know, flying around on broomsticks and boiling kids and eating them in their gingerbread houses? Is this all part of a, of, all of that, a smear campaign? Well, I think it all comes from the Middle Ages. Yeah. And there, I think it was a smear campaign. Anybody who was an other in society, mm-hmm. it was easy to label them a witch. And to take care of them by removing them from society is a nice way to say execution or murder. And so the witches got a bad rap. And then in a lot of Christian traditions, any use of magic is frowned Mm -hmm. upon, and witches were always the magic users. So we're going to frown on that and vilify this group of people. And if you look at a lot of stories, witches were always women, and a lot of Christian guys were always very frightened of women and Mm -hmm. liked to vilify them. And the witch stereotype went a long way there. But I, I think Middle Ages is really where it's from. Um, but wasn't it the Christians who were responsible for 
of the hanging of all the witches in Salem, Massachusetts? They were. Yeah. Uh, the Christians there were very much. Though, when you look at a place like Salem, most mm-hmm. of the people who were executed, they certainly weren't practicing witchcraft. Right. So the, again, they were the marginal people on society, yeah. and they had that name applied to them. You know, I, I get a kick out of it because uh, isn't one of the Ten Commandments, Thou shalt not kill? <laughs> I know, there's no exceptions yeah. there. There's, yeah. there's no footnotes. Like, nowhere yeah. in the Bible does it say, Thou shalt kill a Wiccan, Thou shalt kill a witch, Thou shalt kill anybody who doesn't believe in me. There is an old there is an old verse in the Old Testament though that says or was translated this way thou shalt not suffer a witch to live. There's been other translations of that which yeah. say that that particular witch thing is wrong. Thou shalt not suffer an oath breaker to live or thou shalt not suffer a well poisoner to live. But the word was translated as witch to justify what was happening during the Middle Ages and the early modern period. You know, I, uh, I don't know if you remember a group called Coven, a musical group. You know, <laughs> oh, Billy yeah. Jack. Jason you know, Dawson. Right, yeah. you know, and, and the, my favorite, my favorite uh, lyric in that whole thing is, go ahead and kill your neighbor, go ahead and kill a friend, do it in the name of heaven, justify it in the end. Yeah. But we digress from witchcraft to religion to social sciences, so let's get back to witchcraft. Mm-hmm. Um. So what make what makes witches different from people who practice paganism? Good question. It's a, also one of those things that we argue about a lot in our community. Mm-hmm. Paganism is a big umbrella term now and includes lots of different things. Druids are a part of paganism, and they don't identify as witches. There are a lot of people who are trying to reconstruct ancient religions, like how the ancient Greeks practiced or how the Vikings practiced. We call those people Reconstructionists, usually, and they're part of the greater pagan movement. Most people who are identified as pagan look to ancient Europe, Egypt, the Middle East, as a source of inspiration for what they do magically and spiritually. Usually people who identify as pagan uh, honor natural holidays, equinoxes and solstices, mm-hmm. and the days that fall in between but it's a but there's probably fifty or sixty different groups that probably think of themselves as pagans. Witches and Wiccans are the largest part of that group. So how significant? Yeah, so many pagans. So how significant in reality is Halloween, or has Halloween been boistered by the American and Canadian Dental Society? That's what I'd like to know. <laughs> you know, I love the history of holidays, and a lot of the things that we associate with Halloween mm-hmm. that we assume are ancient pagan are actually Catholic in origin, and they're just really old Catholic, 14th, 15th, 13th century, and not really pagan at all. The ancient pagan celebration at Halloween was called Samhain. We know that name because it's an Irish-Celtic name, but we don't really know a whole lot about really what went on there. There's a lot of inaccurate information. Mm -hmm. It seems to be a day where people were very scared of fairies or fae, magical creatures coming and getting them. So they would build bonfires to keep those kind of forces at bay. It seemed to mark the end of the summertime and the beginning of winter Mm -hmm. in Irish Celtic society. And after that, we really don't know a whole lot about the holiday. Uh, We assume things, but there's no really written records or anything. And then it just kind of comes back when people start writing things down. Is the veil between... The living and the dead really thinner at Halloween, or is this just part of a uh, a nice story to make Halloween that much spookier? I think from our perspective, it really does happen. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of reasons I think it happens. In the Northern Hemisphere, you know, you have the Earth changing, right. and we are really going from fall to winter. Mm-hmm. And as you do that, death is everywhere. Leaves fall, right. plants in the garden die. That's if true. If you are an agricultural or a or herding society especially, Mm -hmm. that's when you begin culling the herds for the winter. So death is everywhere if you know where to look for it. And one of the old sort of witchcraft sayings is like attracts like. Um, So death equals death. If the spirits are going to commune with us, that's the time of year for them to commune with us. So I think it is really a real thing. Sure. But it's it's also very realistic, and a lot of people don't realize this, that without death you cannot have birth. 
Yeah. Listen, Jason, stand by, my friend. You and I have to take our news break at the bottom of the hour. Exo Nation, Jason Mankey is our special guest. We're talking to Jason about his book that is published by our good friends at Llewellyn, The Witch's Book of Shadows, The Craft, Lore, and Magic of the Witch's Grimoire. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. Jason and I will be back on the other side of this break as we continue from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. Dreams are our personal gateways into infinite wisdom. Don't miss Shamanic Counselor and Indigenously Trained Dream Decoder, Sandra Corcoran's inspiring book, Shamanic Awakening Between the Dark and the Daylight. This remarkable work chronicles Sandra's 35 years of experience with diverse wisdom keepers and her initiations throughout the Americas and across the British Isles, Turkey, Greece, and Egypt. Sandy's knowledge of symbology, psychology, and myth influenced her dream blog and workshops. Sandy offers private tarot readings, international journeys, a meditative CD, as well as her book, Shamanic Awakening, to encourage you as you navigate this earthwalk, creating a deeper connection to yourself and all that is. Find this and more at Sandy's website, StarwalkerVisions.com. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. How would you like to be able to read other people's minds? Well, the next best thing is here. When you know how to read a person's name, you know how the person thinks, feels, and behaves. Each letter in our name holds a key to unlock our true essence. Our name contains both our gifts and challenges in this lifetime. Nemology Science discovers personality secrets hidden in the placement of the letters of our names, including the first and last impression people remember about us. Sharon shows us how to interpret the arrangement of letters as outlined in her book, Know the Name, Know the Person. Sharon Lynn Wyeth created Nemology Science after 18 years of research and testing her theories and has supported thousands of people around the world in understanding themselves and others better. You'll enjoy Sharon's unique teachings as she shares her system to learn the gifts behind your given birth name. Even if you don't like your birth name, there are jewels in this book. If you're thinking of changing your name, ready to name your child, or wanting to get along better with others, this is the book for you. If you'd like to improve your relationships and change your life for the better, get the book today. Know the name, know the person. Or visit www.knowthename.com. That's www.knowthename.com. Hello, I'm Justina Marsh, and with my dad, Pete, we are going to present a new show called Too Good to Be True. Together, we are aiming to discover more truths about this world and beyond. Do you have unanswered questions about the world? Do you ever wonder about aliens, conspiracy theories, or the universe? There are many shows discussing subjects such as pyramids or UFOs, but we want to relay this information based on our own research, including from spiritual means. Hopefully, listeners will be helped with their own beliefs and will appreciate the psychic insights that add to the previous research and information. We both look forward to sharing this insight and beginning this journey with our listeners. Visit xzbn.net for more information about when to listen. Jason Mankey's our guest, Exonation. He is the author of The Witch's 
Book of Shadows. And uh, Jason is a Wiccan witch, writer, and wannabe rock and roller. He has been uh, a part of the greater pagan community for over 20 years and has spent nearly half that time teaching and speaking at pagan conventions across the United States and Canada. His first book uh, for Llewellyn came out in 2016, and his latest, The Witch's Book of Shadows, has just been recently re- uh, released. He lives in Sunnyvale, California, where him and his wife uh, lead two local covens. Because they don't want to be outnumbered, Ari, who is Jason's wife, and uh, Jason only have two cats. And you can find him online at Raise the Horns at the Pathos Pagan Channel. His website is pathos.com forward slash blogs forward slash panmanke. Jason, great having you with us. Thanks so much for sharing. It's been fun. It's been great. Well, we'd like to have fun because you, uh, you know, we're here for a good time, not for a long time. So let's make the best of it while we're here, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, let me let me see. Um, we were talking about Halloween before, and you know, it certainly made a lot of sense what you were saying about the the end of the growing season, the death of the plants, and so on and so forth. And I think Mother Nature has been teaching the rest of us who do not have the insight that pay, that that Wiccans have. That, you know, watch Mother Nature. She tells you what to do. For example, the four seasons, in my opinion, shadow the four seasons of a person's life. Spring, the youth. Summer, the blossoming or the maturing. The fall, the golden years. And, of course, winter when we all pass. But I believe we come back. And Mother Nature has been showing us that since day one. So... When it comes to the way that the rest of society sees paganism and the way that the rest of society sees witchcraft and, and Wiccans, what do you think could be done to open up the eyes, open up the heart, and, and get a better understanding of, of the work that, that people like yourself do and, and how important the environment and Mother Earth is? You know, I think we're coming to an awareness of how important the Earth is. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially as things like climate change are ongoing, and yeah. we see the extremes when it comes to weather and things from nature, hurricanes and such. We see that, and I, I think we're beginning to realize that we have to stop screwing around and we have to be responsible for the planet that we live on. One of my favorite sayings is, we're a part of nature, not apart from it. And I think... For a long time, that was sort of how society looked at the planet. Mm-hmm. It was ours to tame, but you can't tame the Earth. You've got to live with the Earth and treat it in the right way. Yeah. And slowly people are getting that idea. As for people just being accepting of witches and witchcraft and Wiccans, it, sometimes it feels like an uphill battle just because there are so many prejudices just associated with the word witch. But none, of those, but none been, of those prejudices have ever been founded to be true. No, they haven't, but it sometimes it just takes a good long time for an urban myth to die and for those kind of prejudices yeah. to die. I think it's gotten a lot better. You know, I started in the early 90s, mm-hmm. and the year's 2017, and it, it has improved. Every once in a while, somebody go, oh, you're a Wiccan, and there's awareness on their face. In right. 1995, it was, well, I have to stop and explain every little bit, and now people have a better idea. I'm sure it's still a little bit more difficult, maybe in parts of the American South, uh, where evangelical Christianity is a much bigger force. I'm lucky that I get to live in Fortress, California, mm-hmm. where everybody's pretty much live and let live. Sure, that's uh, but, the way. But you know, we've yeah, that's where it should be. But I mean, we're coming up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wish more people thought of you know of the world that way. But we're in the media a little bit more now than we used to be. There are accurate portrayals. And it's just going to take time. I mean, I look at other modern religious movements like Mormonism. Mm-hmm. I mean, Mormons didn't start to become a part of the American mainstream until the 1860s, yeah. almost. Uh, even even Catholics in the United States, until the early 20th century, they were really marginalized in a lot of areas. So it does take a lot of time, and you have to be patient with it. Yeah, that's true, especially when you when you talk about Mormonism, because they really didn't catch on until the headquarters was built in Salt Lake City, Utah, and of course they they built the 
the grand tabernacle there. And with new uh, religious philosophies coming on board, and I don't know if I can call Scientology a religious philosophy or not, but, you know, people look at Scientology and say, okay, that's cool because uh, John Travolta's part of it or Tom Cruise is part of it. can't be bad if they're part of it. And yet, uh, when it comes to witches, Wiccan, and paganism, for some reason, people still like to associate that with cults, devil worship. And what is the connection, if any, between witches and the devil? In the Middle Ages and up until, you know, the early 20th century, mm-hmm. if you asked, you know, somebody, well, who do witches worship? The idea, everyone thought that they worshiped the devil. That was part of being a witch was that you worship the devil. There were all sorts of stories of people selling their souls to the devil. I don't think those stories were grounded in reality. It was sort of this big myth that people had been making up. And when you're under torture, sometimes you're just going to say what everybody wants you to say uh, so that the torture will stop. And so the idea of witches and the devil, you know, kind of got spread from Mm -hmm. there. Witches, modern witches, do often worship a figure known as the horned god. Doesn't really look like the devil. There's no pitchfork, but there are horns on top of his head, often looking like the Greek god Pan. And sometimes, any anytime they see a figure with horns on mm-hmm. its head, or looks like it's related to classical mythology, they always say devil. I think there's an old expression that says, "the the gods of the old religion are the devils of the new." And since witches and pagans often worship a lot of old pagan gods, some Christians take that statement to heart. Sure, but you know what? When you look at Greek mythology, my goodness, talk about a mishmash of strange, weird, and bizarre. (laughs) And yet, nobody that I have known over the years doing this show, Jason, has ever said anything negative about Greek mythology. And yet, when you talk about witches, Wiccans, and paganism, whoa! Somehow, the devil seems to, you know, crawl into that conversation. So I I just think that, in fact, I know that when it comes to Wiccans and witches and pagans, that there's been a bum steer, there's been a smear campaign. Let's just look at the Christian holiday of Christmas. All right, the Yule log, pagan. The Christmas tree, pagan. You know, and the list goes on and on. You know, Christ uh, Christmas was put on the 25th to compete with the winter solstice. I've always found Christmas to be the most pagan it of is. all of the holidays that we celebrate, even more so than Halloween. I mean, just about every trapping in the house, you know, has a <laughs> pagan origin. Yep. And to think that these things survived for 2,000 years, 3,000 years, mm-hmm. is really incredible. Really, really incredible. But that just goes to show you the power of Christianity. And there's a lot of money in Christianity and Catholicism. And in my opinion, it's marketing. I look at religion, especially Christianity and Catholicism, not as a religion, but as a business. The Pope is the CEO. The College of Cardinals are the board of directors. And then everyone who goes to church and puts whatever they can in that little collection pot are the shareholders. That's why I look at it. And there's a, and there's like absolutely no money in witchcraft. We really failed there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm still looking for that celebrity sponsor, but, like the Scientologist. You know, it, like it'd be great if we had a John Travolta or somebody. But every time somebody gets mm-hmm. close to saying, I'm a, you know, I'm a, I practice witchcraft or something, it seems to be that they pull back at the last minute. And it's sort of not cool to say that that's what you do. But there's another way to look at it, my friend. When you look at something that is big and rich, just remember one little thing. Money is the root of all evil. Therefore, Wiccans and witches do not have the vast amount of monies that these other religious organizations have, right? Therefore, if you use my way of thinking, they have, you know, if the saying is, you know, uh, money is the root of all evil... Well, the people with all the money are the evil, and the people with the little uh, with the little or none are the good people in life. You know, it kind of goes back to where the word pagan came from, too, because pagans were originally sort of the country dwellers, 
And the word was really meant as an insult, like country bumpkins. You know, these were yep. the rural and the poor. And I guess I guess we're kind of back to that. Not that most pagans I know live in an urban environment, but mm-hmm. we are definitely not the religion with money. You don't need money to have love. No. You don't need money and to respect. I do respect what I do because you. I love it. That's right. Plus, you have a lot of respect for the environment. You have a lot of respect for Mother Earth. So you know what? My hat is off to you, my friend. And all the other pagans and all the other Wiccans and all the other witches that I've had on the show over the years. What is it you say? Merry meet? Merry meet and merry part yeah. and then merry meet again. Yeah. See? I know a little bit. Um, yeah, you're all over it. <laughs> like a fat kid on a smarty. That's right. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. I'm going to get letters now from people who are overweight. Uh, let me, I open one mouth to put it on a different foot sometimes. When you go out and you do your lectures and you, and you talk, what are some of the questions that you get from people who are not part of the, the pagan Wicca and witches arena? You know, one of the things about most of the conventions and things that I get to go to, the pagans are pretty much a closed shop. There aren't really ever a whole lot of people who visit these kind of things, who are mm-hmm. from outside the greater pagan community. So it's been a long time, I think, since I've gotten kind of questions from outside the pagandom, so to speak. Usually at pagan conventions, I love talking about history, so that usually ends up being the biggest conversations and the most questions are about aspects of our more modern history in the last 70 or 80 years. And I love that stuff, so those questions are always welcome. Well, why don't we do this? When we come back from this final break, I have to take in about a minute. Let's talk about history, because history is one of my favorite subjects as well. And it's just like, no matter what the topic is, when you get people who know the history, they're the people who keep it alive, like ghost researchers or haunting Mm -hmm. researchers. They're the greatest Mm -hmm. historians because they go into the research of the town, they go into the research of the people that were living there, and when they give you a guided tour, they're giving you not a guided tour of the paranormal, they're giving you a guided tour of the history that may have something to do with the paranormal or may not. But the history is kept alive thanks to people like you and the other researchers that love the topic that they're talking about, believe in the topic that they're talking about, that they are so enthused that they want to share it. So thank you, Jason. Stand by. You and I have to take our final break, and we'll be back shortly. Exonation, Jason Mankey is our special guest. We're talking about The Witch's Book of Shadows, The Craft, Lore, and Magic of the Witch's Grimoire. And if you'd like to find out more about Jason, visit his website, Pathios dot com forward slash blogs forward slash panmankey. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell and I'd like to thank our good friends at Llewellyn for helping make this interview happen. The Exxon, a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. It's a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. www.exxonradiotv.com Hi everyone, Rob McConnell here, and I wanted to spend a moment on internet streaming. Everybody has heard about internet streaming, but not many know much about it. Did you know the internet streams just about everything? Movies. From new releases to old classics. TV shows. Almost every show, every episode, and much more. But the question has always been, how do you do it? Well now, thanks to the folks at 123 Ready TV, I have the answer for you. They have developed a simple program app, 123 Ready TV, that you install on your Windows PC, Android smartphone, or Android tablet that can have you streaming like a pro in less than five minutes. You truly won't believe how much is available or how easy it is to do until you try. And for a one-time cost of only $19.99, this product is a real winner. To learn more about 123 Ready TV, visit our website at www.xzbn.net. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media. 
Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. True healing must address four levels, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual, for us to live joyful and productive lives. We tend to treat three of the four, leaving the spiritual languishing. If you're tired of the same dysfunctional patterns cropping up in your life, soul balancing is for you. Trixie Phelps, owner and founder of Soul Balancing, is a naturally gifted energy healer trained in numerous esoteric forms, including shamanism. Trixie has created a powerful modality that safely and effectively clears your energetic field. A soul balancing session can remove interference, heal trauma, and restore your hope. Contact Trixie for a life-changing long-distance session today, www.soulbalancing.world. There's a legend shared by many indigenous cultures of a time when the nations were cast to the four corners of the world. Each nation was given a body of sacred knowledge that held a different portion of the truth to preserve. True reality could not be known until all the nations reunited, combining the information. If a single one was missing, the world could not be reborn and darkness would prevail. The Science of Magic Radio is dedicated to reuniting the sacred knowledge. With the understanding, none of us has all the answers, but together we can open new perceptions and possibilities. Through our combined vision, the world can be reborn into a place where darkness no longer prevails. Join me, Gwilda Wiecka, and the Science of Magic daily on the Exxon Broadcast Network, xzbn.net, or visit us at thescienceofmagic.net. Welcome back, everyone. Jason Mankey is our special guest, and he's the author of The Witch's Book of Shadows, and it's published by our good friends at Llewellyn. You can go to Jason's website at patheos.com forward slash blogs forward slash panmankey. And if you'd like to find out more about the um, publications that are available on the Llewellyn website, www.llewellyn.com. All right. Jason, I have to ask you about this. You're probably saying, oh, I hope he doesn't ask me about the Trump thing. But I have to ask you about that. <laughs> last right. month, yeah. All right, last month, a lot of witches got together to perform a banishing spell on Donald Trump. Well, what was that all about? He's still there. Well, I think a lot of them were doing what is really a binding spell on Donald uh, Trump to keep him from doing harm to others and to the country. And uh, I fully support that. I'm not sure that I want to banish him because yeah. banish could mean so many different types of things. You know, I, I certainly wouldn't want to feel responsible for him getting caught in a traffic accident or a horrible hairpiece incident or something. So I'm not sure <laughs> banishing <laughs> what I would use. Uh, the hair got and in there. <laughs> just so easy. You know, there are a couple of things, though. There was a lot of people in our community who had trouble with it mm-hmm. because there is a rule in witchcraft 
to keep silent. A lot of it was because at the beginning of sort of the modern era of witchcraft, you know, you could still lose your kids, you could lose your job. So sure. keep silent. Don't tell people. But there's also this idea that you shouldn't tell everybody what you're doing, especially if you're doing something magical, because if you broadcast it everywhere, people will try to counter it. And certainly, you know, I read about Christian groups holding prayer vigils and stuff to counter the witches and what they were trying to do to Trump. Uh, so at that point, it's kind of a wash since prayer is very much like magic. And so I would have kept it quiet myself. But, I mean, a lot of witches really don't like Trump because, you know, what is, you know, what he's going to do to the environment and to the planet. I can't believe he actually, uh, you know, turned around the climate control work that uh, President Obama did. And then he also, you know, opened up the door to more coal mining and the use of uh, coal. Like, my gosh. Sorry, it's I'm not into that. It's painful to watch. It is. Yeah. It is, certainly is. You know, and, and, and then in Canada, you've got, like, the coolest prime minister in the world. Oh, uh, wait a sec. Wait a, wait a sec. Hold on here. Hold on here. Do you know something I don't know about uh, Justin Trudeau? Well, we look at what we have and what you have, and we're a little jealous. Well. You know, I know he's not perfect, but compared to Trump. Listen. Justin Trudeau doesn't increase jobs. What he does is he increases immigration and refugees. Yeah. And, of course, you know, this costs the Canadian taxpayers. And if you're putting people to work, if you've got the the workforce that requires it, I can understand it. I'm all for it. But for goodness sake, his claim to fame is his degree in poetry. <laughs> you know? Uh, you know I, yeah. I, I'm sorry, I'm not a fan of Justin Trudeau, in my humble opinion. The only reason he was voted in was because his father was the former Prime Minister Pierre Elliott Trudeau, who was another love child, and, uh, you know, that's another story. But I will trade you any day of the week, Prime Minister for President. All right, I, I think we can make this happen. We'll, uh, uh, we'll get on to it. I'll call you, you call me, we'll have our people call each other, we'll work on it. Um, We've got people. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, there, there's, a lot of, uh, there's a lot of TV programs lately that have come out, um, you know, witches, warlocks, uh, The Walking Dead, Buffy the, the Vampire Slayer, Grimm. To what do you attribute the sudden increase in, in popularity of these shows? Is it the unknown? I think if you look at uh, modern history the last 70 or 80 years, it feels like almost every 15 or 20 years, the occult in mm -hmm. general becomes a bigger deal. I remember in the 70s, you know, how popular Bigfoot and the Loch Ness Monster was, and then mm -hmm. it sort of went, 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 went away in the 80s for a while yep. um, as being really out in the public consciousness. And then it came back in 95. I think 95 for us was like kind of the boom years of witchcraft. And then, you know, it was quieter again, and, and then it sort of bubbled back up every recently. So what are some of the rituals that, that Wicca and witches do that, that can be compared to other rituals within other religious philosophies? Like, for example, um, how are people married who are witches or Wiccans? What happens at a time of death? How are they buried? Do they go to heaven? Do they go to hell? Or what happens? <laughs> you know, I think uh, for weddings, uh, usually we call those hand fastings. But I know many Wiccans who've sort of mm -hmm. gotten married in more traditional ceremonies because, you know, wedding is kind of a secular thing at this point yeah. anyways. And a lot of people want to wear the white dress. I know my wife wanted to wear the white dress. She didn't want to wear black and she didn't want to jump over a broom. She wanted a white dress, and she wanted flowers and a bouquet. Uh, so it can really vary there. I think when it comes to death, though, it's, again, how it happens, how it's, um, I don't want to say celebrated, because usually we're not celebrating death, but how it's mourned, right. you know, really kind of varies from family to family. In some ways, it's much like a traditional funeral. You know, there's a visitation. Maybe somebody says some words. After death, though, mm -hmm. I think most Wiccans believe in reincarnation. 
the idea that you rest for a time in what is called the Summerlands, and then you come back. It kind of goes back to that natural earth thing that all that dies shall be reborn. I love the way the Irish celebrate uh, the passing of someone. They celebrate the person's life during the uh, during the wake. And do you know what the difference between an Irish wedding and an Irish wake is? I assume it has to do with how much Guinness is consumed, uh, but I'm not sure. Well, you're close. One less drunk. That is so true. One less. <laughs> Sounds right. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think a lot of I think a lot of Wiccans do celebrate the life too mm-hmm. that was lived. I think it's difficult, you know, if it's somebody who's young who dies prematurely. I mean, yeah. I think that's harder to celebrate. But, you know, when somebody's lived a good long life, you know, you want to celebrate that life and what they accomplished. One of the questions that uh, that I, I, I usually get asked, and I can't answer this when it comes to a question-answer period, is what is the difference between the white candle and the different other colored candles that are used in Wiccan or witch ceremonies? It's going to vary from group to group. A lot of times candles are used to represent certain things or certain ideas. A lot of candle colors are used to represent elements. A lot of Wiccans honor the elements of earth, air, fire, water. We know there's a giant periodic table. But, you know, it's easy to sum things up in earth, air, fire, and water. So yellow is usually air. Fire is usually red. Water would be blue. And earth is green. White is usually sort of a generic color that you can use for anything. Black is used to repel negativity. If you are mourning something, too, you would probably also use black. But, again, you're trying to repel negativity. So it would make sense to use it in that sort of situation. Gold candles might represent the sun. Silver might represent the moon. How many different deities are there in witchcraft? Thousands. Really? As as many as you want. Uh, Wiccan and witch theology is not set in stone. I think Wicca especially is more defined by its practice than its beliefs. Mm -hmm. And for some Wiccans, they honor two deities, goddesses. And God, and right. they see all of the different gods and goddesses who have ever been worshipped as a part of these, you know, bigger figures. Yep. And then there are some who are very much hard polytheists and will say that Dionysus is Dionysus and Aphrodite is Aphrodite, mm-hmm. and they're not related to a bigger whole. They're distinct in their own way. So it depends on the person, but thousands or two. You know, I was part of a discussion panel uh, in Toronto a couple of years ago, and and one of the questions was the same question I asked you about how many, you know, how many gods or deities are there in witchcraft, and and a professor, you know, used his his academic <clears throat> title to try and say that that was because there are so many different gods, da 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 da, that this is one of the reasons why it should not be considered that Wicca or witchcraft be seriously taken. So Big Mouth over here, me, says, well, just a moment, sir. I said, do you take Hinduism as a major religion? Oh, certainly, because it's so old, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And I said, well, geez, isn't that funny? Because based on my information and the knowledge I have, and you're the expert, aren't there several thousand gods when it comes to the Hindu religion? Which there are. So yeah. what's the difference? You know, and you look at you look at Catholicism yeah. too, with its thousands of saints with all yeah. of these powers. They're very much like demigods. You're going to discount all the Catholics in the world, probably not. And that's sort of the the prejudice yeah. that comes with using the word witch and the word Wiccan. Even people who know better, well, uh, my, sometimes say stupid stuff. Well, my friend, this is one place a Wiccan, a pagan, or a witch will ever face criticism because we're all people here on this little planet sharing a life together, trying to be as good as we can to be part of the solution instead of the problem. And you, my friend, are welcome back here anytime. I'm going to take you up on it. This has been a really great experience. And thank you for not saying a Wiccan, a witch, and a pagan walk into a bar. I was almost expecting that for a second. Nah, that's... that's... (laughs) I don't know that one. (laughs) Hmm. Hey, listen, Jason, we have, to, all right, we have to say so long, buddy. Thank you so much right. for coming on the show. My very best to your family. 
and to other to the other members of the coven and let them know that there's somebody in the media who respects them and i look forward to the next time you come back and join us all right i look forward to it take care jason exonation yep. uh, jason mankey has been our guest pathos.com forward slash blogs dot pan i'll be back don't go away <laughs>